Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. All right, friends, we have been looking at Colossians 3, verse 1, the last couple episodes, and uh, we're going to wrap up that verse this time. Just by way of reminder, Paul has encouraged us that we are alive with Christ, and therefore we should seek or set our hearts and desires around the things above. And he finishes that verse with one final phrase. So let me read the whole verse, and then we'll hone in on the final phrase. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So we are focusing today on that final idea that we seek that which is above because that is where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And this has been the theme throughout chapter 2 and now again into chapter 3, that you are united to Christ, you've died to the world with him, and you've been raised spiritually with him. In fact, if you remember anything from these sections of Colossians, remember this. It is that all of our life centers around our union with Christ. All of life centers around our union with Christ. Why don't we live for this world anymore? Because we're united to Christ and we've died to this world. Why do we have power and live for the spiritual realities above? Because we're united to Christ, and he was raised and has now raised us. Our union with Christ is the basis for our life and behavior today. So that's why we seek the things above, because that's where Christ is. But here's the question that I have about the end of this verse. It would be sufficient for Paul simply to say what I just said. Seek the things above where Christ is, period. That's the point, right? He doesn't really need to say anything more. You are united to Christ. He is above, so seek that which is above. But he adds in that one final phrase, that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So for this episode, I just want to take a few minutes and consider what does that mean? Like, why is it important for Paul to add that phrase? Well, if we're thinking biblically, like broadly, there's a few different places in the Bible where it talks about Christ being with the Father. Here, it says that he's seated at the right hand of God. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says that Christ dealt with our sins and sat down at the right hand of God. In Revelation, it talks about the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world and he goes to the throne and now we have the throne of God and the Lamb together. In Acts 7, actually, Stephen, right before he's killed, sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And there's a few other places. But when we read these things, I think it's common for us to ask, why do they tell us these details? Like, why does it matter where Christ is exactly and and if he's seated or if he's standing or if he's at the right hand of God versus the left hand of God? So just by way of a a tip for whenever you read verses like this, we need to see that these verses are not just painting a descriptive 
picture for us. It's not just a fact they are communicating. They are communicating a theological point, meaning it's not just about painting a picture or telling you something that's true. That That is happening. But a deeper thing is that it's communicating a theological truth. And this is what good writers do. I remember I was in an AP literature class in high school, and we would read a bunch of stories, and then we would dive kind of deep into their meanings. And I remember for some reason one story where there was a pivotal scene in the story, and, and it what seemed like a throwaway line said that one of the characters was standing in the doorway during this conversation. And I remember discussing, and our teacher pointed out the fact that her standing in the doorway was not just helping you picture it. Again, it it does do that, but it was communicating a reality of the moment because within the story, she was standing in between two places. She was going to choose which space to go into next that was going to determine part of her future. And a way the author communicated that was in a physical picture like an image of a doorway that stands in between two rooms. And it furthered the meaning and depth by that picture. And this is the type of thing that biblical writers do. They're giving language to communicate theology. So what exactly is Paul trying to communicate by this picture that Christ is above, specifically seated at the right hand of God? Well, I think he once again, just like in previous passages in Colossians, is communicating a theme of the supremacy of Christ. He said that in chapter one, we've seen that in chapter two, and now right away in chapter three, I think he's showing us the supremacy of Christ. Now, I should say this, I do think the purpose of Christ sitting at the right hand of God is different in Hebrews. Now, that doesn't make one right and one wrong. It's just emphasizing different points. But here, I think it makes most sense that he is showing us Christ's power and supremacy. One of the reasons why is that most commentators agree that this is pointing back to Psalm 110, verse 1. So if you were to read Psalm 110 as a whole, the whole thing is speaking of God's king who would rule and reign over all things. Does that not sound like what we've been talking about in Colossians? And then here specifically is what it says in Psalm 110 verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now there's a lot here and fun fact, this is the psalm that's quoted in the New Testament more than any other. So it's important, but for our purpose, What's important is that the king will sit at Yahweh's right hand until all of God's enemies are defeated. What has Paul just been talking about in Colossians 2? How Christ has defeated all enemies. And now he's saying that he has taken his place at the right hand of God. The most powerful place is the right hand of God, meaning He is not only the one who the Old Testament has been looking for, but he has now done his work and they await the final victory where he will rule supreme over all things when all of his enemies are once and for all done away with. And Christ 
is that one. He is the one who defeats all and is supreme over all. This is the picture that Paul is painting by saying that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So let me just end this one by putting all of verse one together. He is saying, if you have been raised to new life, seek the things above because you are united to Christ. The one who is powerful over all things, supreme above all things, and who will rule and reign all things, we are united to him. Therefore, our hearts and our desires should be aligned with his. Because friends, why would we go elsewhere? Why would we live for the things of the world? Why would we fear anything else? Whatever it is that your heart is drawn to, whether it's being afraid of things here, whether it's desiring things here, whatever that is, we are united to the one who sits powerfully at the right hand of God. Therefore, we set our hearts on that above. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.